Hey people, welcome back to the Slight Sarcasm Podcast. I'm Celeste. I'm Amber. And welcome back to another episode. Yes, hello. Yeah, we're back. I'm in a good back. mood today. I don't know about you. I'm in a good mood. I'm in an okay mood. Mm. I mean, eh, like, yeah. I'm glad you're in a good mood, though. That's nice. That's it's okay. Good. I will carry this episode for us. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm down for it. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what happened this week. I feel like not a whole. Oh, yeah. Work like kind of pissed me off, but I'm not gonna talk about that on the air. But yeah. Yeah. Other than that, like, I feel like nothing really happened this week. Yeah, I think I had an okay week as well. Um, yeah, I, I would say uneventful is, is a way to describe it. But this weekend's been really nice. Just been relaxing. Tried to get all my chores and stuff done on Friday, but I'm like halfway there, so I'm going to finish the rest later. But yeah, it's just been nice to kind of just kick back for a little bit. I did a lot of chores yesterday as mm-hmm. well, which is very mundane and adulting, but <laughs> my house was dirty. <laughs> I needed to clean it. So, yeah, my yeah. kitchen was looking real bad. Same. I don't know how it gets so bad, but it does. I know exactly how it gets so bad for me. It gets so bad. And then I personally don't like cleaning. I like... Even though... I'm pretty sure all the people that I've ever lived with would disagree with that statement, but I actually per- don't like cleaning. Um, I just do it out of necessity Mm -hmm. and I was talking to my parents the other day and I was like, I think I'm going to get a housekeeper cause I just would prefer not to clean if I don't have to. Like, Mm -hmm. I just don't, I hate cleaning. I, yeah, I, I feel the same. I would love to have someone help me keep this place up like obviously you know Jonas Jonas and I do what we can um but I would like to have someone outside of our situation come in maybe like every other week and just help with like the you know the difficult stuff but I'm trying to save that for when I have more money because I would like to well one I'd, I'd like to employ someone and like have them be gainfully employed but also um I've always wanted to I don't know, this is kind of just me, like, like thinking of, like, what I would do if I was rich. Like, I would always love to pay someone, like, have them come in, interview, and say, oh, you know, I'm charging X amount of money, and then just double it for them and not tell them. Just because I think it's just so, like, it's such a thankless job, really. Like, there, there's a lot of thankless jobs, but I think that's also, like, a very thankless job because you have to embed yourself in someone's, you know, personal space and and clean it to their liking, you know, some, I mean, like, I've just seen stuff like that. I've seen on TikTok, like, there's, like, housekeeping TikTok and cleaning TikTok there, where, um, you know, there's a lot of, like, housekeepers that kind of talk about, like, secrets of how they, you know, run the businesses they do and whatnot. And they really, a lot of them just talk about, like, they have to know their clients because they have to know how they like things. They, you know, they know X person, um, only likes unscented detergent so they use unscented and this person only likes this scent and they can't use these colored candles because you know like all this crazy stuff but anyways I just think it's a really um thankless job and if I could 
you know, pay someone better than they're expecting, I will absolutely do that. But that's just me. So I'm waiting. I'm trying to, you know, do it myself. I think if I grind long enough, it'll make it even more um, easy for me to want to do better, I guess. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree. I, I would probably do the same thing. Definitely (laughs) pay someone way more than they're asking for just because why not? If I have the money, then... Exactly. Yeah, yeah it's like... And, I, and I've realized this, too. Um, I think this kind of ties into what we're going to talk about today, but it, it's really about, like, saving your own time. And mm. this is something, like, my mom really got me to see. It's like, why why break your neck trying to do stuff that's, like, super time-consuming and difficult if you can... If you have the means to pay someone to do it for you? Mm-hmm. And a lot of that, for me, comes from... Um, like grocery shopping I think that's a really for my partner and I it's very stressful for us to go grocery shopping in the store because we get overwhelmed and we get impatient with each other and you know we impulse buy and then we spend more money than we wanted to and whatever but you know so we use like services like Instacart and like the grocery delivery other grocery delivery services to um, you know what like why not pay somebody to do that for you so you can focus on other stuff that's important to you you know, so I don't know. It's, I guess that's just kind of how I think about it. It's like if someone can save you a few hours every once in a while, then yeah, you should pay for that <laughs> if you can, of course. I agree. Yeah. And also pay them well. Yes. Because a lot of yeah. people don't do that. Yeah. 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 Okay. We're going to move on to our segment this week. Um, we're going to be talking about money again. Very exciting. I know. <laughs> that everybody always wants to talk about money at all the time. I totally get it. But, um, yeah, so today we're talking about saving and budgeting. So this is like a... I feel like saving and budgeting is like the finance thing that everyone talks about. Like, yeah. how to save yeah. more money. You need a budget. What's including your budget? Blah, 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 whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's like the like, the fundamentals of finance, and I do want to have, like, a mini conversation before we, like, dive deep into, like, what we do and, like, answer, like, questions and stuff like that, is, um, if you don't make enough money to save, this is not a conversation that is you know, this is not a conversation that you can relate to because you just don't have enough money to save. And a lot of the things that we talk about, it's not your main focus right now. Your main focus is Mm -hmm. trying to make enough money to pay all your bills. Yeah. And so I do think the budgeting aspect is still important. You still need to know what's going in and what's coming out. That's still important for anyone who has a job and is paying bills. Um, But the saving aspect of it might not be. If you're making $7.25, you're not thinking about saving. (laughs) Like, you know, like if you're, even if you're working full time making $7.25, like you're not, you're not thinking about savings. You can't save on that kind of budget unless you have very specific parameters that allow you to save like you can't have any bills and you're 
probably living with someone who doesn't um, charge you rent. Like, you don't, you know, like, then maybe in that instance you can save. But if yeah. you, if you, um, if you're in the red, like, every month, you're not going to be able to save. That's just the reality of the situation. Yeah. That I agree. Um, but I will I will jump in here and, and kind of note something. I I also realize it's a very touchy subject, especially if you're not making the money that you wanna make. But I do think it's still a very important subject to, you know, have knowledge of and, and know about and be prepared for. So when you do finally get in that situation where you are feeling like you're you're ready to start putting your own money away, you've got your you're able to cover your bills and then you've got some left over I think you should still you know understand and, and get the fundamentals of saving budgeting is it's helpful no matter how much money you make even if you really don't make any money um saving of course yeah like like Celeste says it's it's case by case if you just don't have the means to save there's not really too much you can do about it all these people who say oh you just gotta cut out your latte and stuff the people who are making minimum wage are already doing that that's not anything that you can tell people who don't just don't earn enough money because mm-hmm. they're they're just not making enough but with that said you should still absolutely know where to start when you do get that break that lucky break or that you know, uh, you know, you have like a windfall or something, or you get a promotion, or you get a new job, or you, you know, maybe you get a second or a third job, and you finally are feeling like you've got some expendable income. That's when the saving comes in. So I wouldn't necessarily say um, it doesn't really apply to you. It might not interest you right now, but I think it is really um, still very important to, um, you know, at, at least know know the basics and know where to start with certain things like that. So. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I agree with that. So yeah, so um, yeah, so yeah. sorry. Just um, so you know, obviously, I think some people will say, "Oh, well, you know, maybe this isn't the episode for me," and that that's fine. But um, again, I really encourage you, even if you're not currently in that position, to educate yourself so that you are you're ready and you can start off on the right foot and you can be excited, um, excited about it when the, when the opportunity arises. So yeah okay um so our first question is how do you even start and pretty much you start with i think you start with the budgeting aspect of it you have to know how much you're getting paid pre and post taxes and knowing how much your bills are essentially that is pretty much the essence of your budget so I know I feel like for everyone you're paying some sort of living expense whether that's rent or your mortgage you're probably paying some utility bills whether that's water sewer electric gas um Maybe you're ha- maybe you have a car payment, that's another bill. Maybe you have your phone bill, that's another bill. Car insurance. Um, maybe also health insurance if you're paying out of pocket. Um, I don't know. What else? What do I pay for? <laughs> I think that's all. The- groceries. <laughs> 
gas for your car, like every little thing that you use like once a month, you should be also um, like credit card um, payments, student loans, you know, like anything, any bill that you're paying for, anytime like you're, whatever you're spending your money on monthly, you should be jotting, you should know what that is and you should know what that number is because that's extremely important. Um, any, you know, also the miscellaneous stuff like Netflix, Hulu, subscriptions, you yep. know, that's extremely important. You want to like go through your um, bank statements. These, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have heard a lot of this stuff already, but, you know, go through your bank statements and make sure that like you see the charges and be like, go through all of your charges. I know when I first started, um, bu- um, like working on my budget, it was like nerve wracking because I was like, I do not want to think yeah. about <laughs> how much money I'm spending, but it was something that you like absolutely have to do because yeah. if you don't, then, you know, you're just not knowing like how much money you're spending at all times. So... I would say start there, like pull up your bank statement um, or bank statements, depending on like how you're spending your money and um, and just go through it and just make you can make a list if you want. There are lists online. I personally just write it down. I like to write things um, because it helps me remember better. So I I had a like a like a little I guess bullet journal before bullet journals were a thing and I had like a no- I had like a physical notebook and I had like colored pens cuz I'm a colored pen person and I would like write how much I was getting paid every every week cuz I get paid weekly so I was like okay I would get paid this amount this week so that means that I make this amount a month and then I would be like okay what are my monthly expenses what's you know I wrote down rent is blah 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 utilities is blah 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 car payment is blah 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 car and just like so on and so forth just go from there and then you you know you total it all up and see where you are so I think that's but you have to go through and make sure that you know line by line what the numbers are and that's pretty much how you start your budget yeah I agree um and so to kind of package up what Celeste was saying in my opinion um you got to start at at the basics which is what are your expenses and how much money are you actually bringing in? You know, you can do it on a monthly basis, on a weekly basis. However, you know, typically people, I think, look at it um, on a monthly basis because you can, um, you know, I think you most people have a general idea of how much money they make per month. Or I, I think the more important thing is how much money you actually get in your bank accounts yeah. every month <laughs> after your taxes on your, um, you know, after your, your state tax and all the federal tax and healthcare and all that stuff is taken out. What do you actually get in your net check? Um, you know, every month, right? So you get that amount, you write that down. Let's use, you know, two, I'll just use an example. Like you get $2,000 a month, right? After everything's said and done, that's what you get in your bank account every month. 
Then you go, like Celeste said, you go for your bank account because I think it's really important, one, to make sure that you don't have any random charges that you're not accounting for. So, I, and I know personally for me, I go through like every six months or so, I'll, I'll do that and I'll go through and I always, always catch something where I'm like, $5 a month to that? No, I haven't used that in, you know, six months. I'm going to get rid of it, right? Mm-hmm. You will always find stuff that you were not maybe not aware of. And I, so that's why I think it's really important to go through the bank accounts. Um, but apart from doing that, you find those recurring charges, like like Celeste said, your your bills, your extra stuff like Netflix, your groceries, you know, uh, all that other stuff, right? So you write those down, like Celeste said, add those up, add that total up, get that rough number. It doesn't have to be exact, but just, you know, if you can ballpark it within $100 or so, I think that's that's pretty good. Um, and then compare the two numbers, right? Are you bringing in more money than than what you're typically spending every month? Which means, you know, are you are you keeping a positive balance or are you going paycheck to paycheck or or even worse? Or are you, you know, having to charge stuff on your credit card because you just don't have enough every month? So mm-hmm. it's important to kind of know your status before you even start, because I think that will depend on how you structure your budget itself. So, um you know, if, if, if you realize, you know, okay, I'm only bringing in 2000 a month, but I'm spending, uh, you know, $2,300 a month typically, then, okay, now you look at, okay, well, where is that extra three dollars $500 going to? And, and then that's when you can start to see things that you either want to reduce your spending on or cut it out completely. And that's where people are saying, well, you just get rid of your Starbucks lattes. Yeah, you can... You can get rid of them, but you might not have to. Maybe you just say, okay, instead of going to Starbucks every morning, maybe I only pick three days a week, right? You know, mm-hmm. th- and that's that's when you can kind of start to, um, I think, experiment with um, different ways to trim up your budget and stuff. And I think we'll, we'll get into this a little more um, as discussion goes on. But yeah, in general sense, you get your totals for your spending versus what you're making and see where you're at get your status and i think that that would be um you know the base level where you would start yeah i agree that was really good um what does your budget look like Mm, for me uh (laughs) because i'm lazy i use programs to help me track stuff and this is actually um something we'll, we'll expand upon it towards the end here. We'll talk about specific programs we can use, but I like to use apps and things that are just easy for me to pull up. I can check it every day. Maybe they send me a notification once a week to say, here's how you're doing. Um, that, that stuff is really helpful. Um, but I think in general, I, I like to group stuff in categories so I can see where I'm focusing a lot of my spending on. So you know, so you can group things and I, I, again, I'm lazy, so I don't like to be super specific, but I say, okay, well, these are my bills. These are my, I know the, the, the cost of these every single month. They're the same, you know, my car note, my, um, you know, cable or internet bill, my uh, electricity bill, gas bill, all that stuff. Those are my bills. I wrote those into one column or one section, I guess. Then I've got my, like, like Celeste mentioned, like miscellaneous stuff, right? So my Netflix subscription, my, um, you know, random subscription, if I have like a Patreon subscription or something like that, those are the things where it's like, yeah, that's extra stuff. That's not obviously not required for me to survive, but it's there. Um, and I'm, and I'm okay with spending that, you know, spending money on that every month. Then I've got groceries, which 
<laughs> you know, I, I, that's the one place where I think most people will have some flexibility and you can notice a lot of changes between your groceries and your takeout or like your restaurant or entertainment sections. Those are going to be the most important ones, in my opinion, for you to start to kind of trim if you need to trim your budget. So again, um, you know, my next category would be like um, entertainment stuff like, okay, well, if I, if I give myself $200 a month to, you know, it pre, this is like pre-COVID, but you know, if we, my partner and I have a budget of 200 to go to movies or go uh, to a museum or, you know, take a little day trip or something like that, that's where that portion of the budget goes. Um, and then you kind of have like everything else. Uh, if you have like healthcare stuff, like let's say you're seeing a therapist or you have a chiropractor or something like those things that aren't really um, keyed into your um, work healthcare and they maybe come out of pocket, those, that would be, you know, another category there too. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how my budget is structured. And I think that allows me to, if you look at it, like almost in like a pie graph, um, you can see the percentages, like where you're spending most of your money. So again, if I have $2,000 a month and I'm spending, oh, and of course I forget like, you know, rent and stuff like that. So if I'm spending, you know, $1,300 on all of my housing and bills and then $300 on groceries and so on and so on, you can see, you know, where the portions of the pie are obviously bigger than others and where you have wiggle room in there. So what about yeah. you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I like, I feel like yours is, um, how you do yours is fairly common. Um, mine is pretty similar. I, but I don't use apps or programs or anything. I don't like them reminding me how I spent my money. I just don't. <laughs> well, when I get tired of that, I just turn the notifications off and I'm like, all right, I'll check it myself. But yeah, yeah that's fair. I, I agree. It's annoying. <laughs> yeah. Like I, um, I used to, I used to when I first, first started and then I stopped. I think I, I used some app, maybe it was like Mint or something like that. Yeah. I think a lot of people know about Mint at this yeah. point. And that, um, yeah, that seems to be like the starter app. Mm-hmm. This was like three, four years ago though. But yeah. Um, and apps are a great way for you to start off if you need to, um, that you can like, I think with Mint, I could like link my bank account and um, it would just like populate like everything, like all mm -hmm. the numbers and stuff. Yeah. So that was really cool. But then I stopped because like I didn't want another finance app on my phone. So I was like, eh, this is not really like my cup of tea. So I, like I said before, I started doing um, the like just writing it down on my own and. Um, so yeah, I have, um, my, um, categories are a bit simpler. Well, I guess I don't really have any categories. I just have like, what am I, what are my bills? Because yeah. I feel like I don't have a lot of bills compared to some other people. So it's just like, so I have it written down. It's just like, rent um and then my rent includes like you know water and sewer so i have to pay for like electric and i and then um oh what's the other thing the internet and you know dang what's the other i can't think of my bills <laughs> um yeah, oh and then my car payment yeah. um my insurance. car insurance yeah. 
um, groceries and gas, which right now I don't drive <laughs> at all. So it's like nil. It's mostly just groceries. Um, and maybe one other, maybe one other thing that I'm missing. But other than that, those are like, I don't pay like for my own cell phone bill. My parents pay for that. So other than that, um, that's like kind of where my budget is. Oh, and my credit card bill. I currently don't pay any student loans because I'm still in school. And also like they're in forbearance or whatever because of COVID. So I don't have to pay those or account for those at all. So yeah, that's pretty much just everything that I count in my budget. Um, I do have a credit card and on my credit card, I put all of my reoccurring sub monthly subscriptions on there. Yeah. So That's like smart. Netflix, Hulu, um, Nintendo online, um, Patreon and something else probably, but all of that goes on my credit card and I pay that and I pay from like my checking um, to my credit mm -hmm. card every month. Um, yeah. I personally pay the minimum and then whatever else is left, if I have some money, um, I usually, I do often, I do always have like a surplus, like a savings every month, but, um, and I, that goes towards, um, my credit card, but that's how I work it out personally. But, um, I don't have like an entertainment, entertainment or miscellaneous because that is way too in flux for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and anytime like I, if I have, I don't know, I guess my mindset of it is if, mm, okay. I think my mindset of it is that I usually have a savings goal. So like I know every month how much I want to save and then um okay let me let me back up really quickly okay so every week I get paid so like I know specific I know each week what bill is going to get paid so every week I know okay I this is the net amount of money that is going to come out of my um that's going to come out of my bank account and this is what's going to be left over. Now, if I want to go get my nails done or blah, blah, blah or whatever, then I'm like, okay, maybe I, I can go like this week because I'll have like an extra amount of money and, and whatever. Um, when I do like weekly savings goal pretty much because I, um, because I get paid weekly. So I, have like a certain number that I come up with that I'm like, okay, this is the amount of money that I'll have left over. This is how much I want to save. And usually, um, I'll have like $20 in flux for the week to be like, maybe I'll save it. Maybe I'll just use it, but it's wiggle room for me if I want to use it for extra stuff. I don't have a particular, but I guess technically I do have a particular for extra, a budget for extra shit, but it's more in flux for me than, um, 
I, I'm probably over explaining it, but it's a lot more like um, it varies every month how much I'm going to spend miscellaneously. Mm-hmm. And my miscellaneous spending, I keep in check because I'm aware of like how much I want to save all the time. But I also would rather not know <laughs> how much I've spent miscellaneously. Yeah. I've, I don't, I might be over explaining it, um, but that's the way I check on that. I don't have like a particular amount of money that I'm like, okay, this is how much I can spend um, this month because I, I, I feel like I never know. Like, I don't know, like, as much as I'm a planner, sometimes, you know, I also like to honor like how I feel like in the moment. So, I always try to account for that. And, you know, yeah. I haven't, I make enough money that I can, I'm able to do that and still be fine. So, and yeah. my miscellaneous stuff that I do is not like super crazy. Like, I'm not going to Atlantic City every week. <laughs> like, it's not, it's, it's nothing like that. It's just like, oh, like maybe I want to order DoorDash or, oh, maybe I want to go get my nails done or, you know oh, maybe I want to, like, buy that one thing from Target or whatever. Like, it's just a buffer in between, like, what I know I have to spend and what I know I want to save. And then there's an in, like, a kind of, like, a gray area that's, like, okay, maybe, like, you miscalculated a bill and so you have, like, a little extra money. Well, okay, so so I think that was great. I want to back up and touch on a few things that you mentioned mm-hmm. because I think there's some that's some big brain shit that you came up with. I mean, oh. <laughs> obviously, I, obviously, I know you didn't come up with it, but it, it makes a lot of sense, and I think it's really, um, really good practice. So one of the things that I heard you mention was you have like some. You said I think like twenty dollars in flux every month, um, every week, or every week. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. every week where. Where you're like, okay, well, maybe that's my my extra money. That's like my treat money or something like that, right? I think that's excellent because I I find that from what I've read and and seen where people are budgeting hardcore, they forget that things are going to come up Mm -hmm. that are not accounted for in their budget. And you have to have that psychological break from the monotony. You have to be able to reward yourself for doing good work and you also have to be able to give yourself a break and let yourself have those, you know, mm-hmm. random items or one-off things that are not accounted for in your budget. So I think it's really important if you can, of course, because obviously budgeting can be very difficult for a lot of people. If you can, try to give yourself um, a little bit of a buffer in your budget every month and be be okay. Don't, don't say, oh, I went over $100 this month. If you can afford to go over $100 in your budgeting, that's fine. Like, don't mm-hmm. don't beat yourself up over it because when it comes down to it and, you know, maybe you're shopping with your kid and your kid's like, I really want this toy, I really want this toy. Really, you know, you don't want to have to say no every time if you don't have to, right? Obviously, not everyone is in that position to, um, you know, have that that thing where they can, you know, let it slide. But if you can, you, you've got to give yourself a little bit of a break every month. Um just just to keep things going because that's how people i think burn out about um over this stuff really easily is they get so caught up in the numbers and i've seen it where 
people get like divorced over this stuff. They're like, well, my husband never lets me spend anything extra. We always have to do the budget. If we go over five dollars, he's mad at me all day. Well, you know, you don't you don't want to function like that. That's not healthy at all. You have to be able to give yourself a little bit of grace and be okay with it because that's how you keep things moving. It's like wow, when people are dieting and they, they say, oh, I give myself a cheat meal every week or something like that. That's how you keep it going because one, you have something to look forward to maybe. And two, you have that mental break where you say, mm-hmm. okay, I'm not worried about counting calories right now. I'm just worried about enjoying myself and knowing that I'm doing a great job and this is my reward. The other thing you mentioned uh, way back that I thought was really interesting, and this is something that I, I was going to bring up later, was you automate your, your bill paying. And you do it through your credit card, which I think is, is one, it's a really great way to build credit, um, especially if you're, you get nervous about using a credit card, because I know a lot of people, uh, there, you know, obviously there's a stigma with credit cards where it's like, oh, you're just going to go out of control and you're going to spend too much and then you'll max out your cards and you'll be stuck paying it off forever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, a lot, it happens to a lot of people. But if you know from the jump how you're going to use your card, and and why and when you're going to use your card you're you're golden so what celeste was saying she does is she will set up an auto i'm guessing an auto payment mm-hmm. um on those things where she doesn't really have to think about it she knows netflix is going to charge her what is it like 12 bucks now or whatever i don't know oh, how much it is 13 13 going yeah, up every yeah. year i'm pissed <laughs> <laughs> i know she well but she knows at least for this year she mm-hmm. knows netflix is going to charge her 13 dollars. that's going to be charged on her credit card at a certain time the month she knows her insurance payment is cost this much that's going to go to her credit card every month or you know whatever else she has to set up on there she knows those expenses so she knows what her balance is going to be um from those expenses and so then what she does is she takes her cash from her checking account or maybe her savings account and she pays that balance more or less or you know you i know you mentioned you pay the minimum that's fine too Mm -hmm. um but the main point is she's getting her bills paid She's not making late payments and she's she's billing credit because she's using her cards and she's using them responsibly. So that's something and I think we can talk about this maybe in another episode where we focus a little more on credit cards yeah, and things like that because we definitely will. But yeah, that's super, super easy way to make sure you're using your credit cards and you're being responsible. Set up those auto payments. Even if you don't have credit cards, you can do that with your debit cards. Um, for most things these days, you can set up automatic online payments um you can do that and yeah just just make sure you keep track of the schedule so i know like i you know i get um emails and text reminders i know on the 14th and the 15th my credit card bills come through so i know how much goes out every month for that and i know you know my insurance and stuff like that it's just very predictable and very um easy to stay organized when you have things automated and you know exactly what's going out so, mm-hmm. yeah, those are those are two things I thought were really, really good. Um, and I think you kind of started to move into the third question uh, that we had when yeah. you were talking about your savings plan. Yeah. Um, I know you kind of did like a rough overview of that. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll mention mine as well because I think it's pretty uh, simplistic. Um, I don't really have a savings plan. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I will say. Uh, because I've we, my partner and I have gone through different times especially in the past couple years where we've had a lot of excess income because we've been you know having a lower cost of living and able to put away a lot of money we've also had times where things are very tight so 
Yeah, so um, basically what I'd say about my savings plan or lack thereof is what I do is at the end of the month, um, right after my last paycheck for the month comes in, and after I've you know already made sure I'm good on my rent, you know I know much money's going out for my rent. I will take whatever I was able to keep in my checking account for that month, and I'll just move it to my savings account. It goes to a completely different bank. I transfer it out, and it just sits in my savings account untouched. It's a high yield savings account, so it does generate a few cents every month, which. I don't know. We take that how you will. It's not really much, but yeah. <laughs> that's that's um that's kind of the best you can get on a generic savings account. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, basically, you know, if I have three or four hundred dollars left over in my checking account, and then I get paid that next day, and I'll you know kind of like refresh my money, I'll take those three or four hundred dollars, put them in my savings account, and then I've got a few hundred dollars extra that I've been able to put away. So I don't really think of it too much. But it's always in the back of my mind, like the more I can keep in my checking account month to month, the more I'm going to get in my savings account at the end. Of- um, I, yeah, I, I guess I'm the inverse of that. I have a savings goal. Like I know I have things that I'm trying to save for. Um, so the first thing that you, sh- everyone should be saving for is an emergency fund um how much you want in there is totally up to you there are people that say three months of your um total income there are people who say three months of your total expenses there are people who say six months a year blah 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 whatever i personally do three months of my total expenses not my total income um which is, to me, that's what's comfortable to me. Um, so at least I know, like, if I lose my job or something for three months, at least I can still, like, pay my bills or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that was my first saving, that was my first savings goal. And if anything comes out of that, that is something that I replace first before I do anything else. Um so, like, I, I talked about, like, I have, like, weekly savings goals. Um, I put, you know, money to all the, you know, all the money towards that or whatever. My emergency savings fund also is in, like, another separate bank. Um, yeah. And, yeah, so there, so there's that. And then... If I'm not putting money towards my emergency fund, if it's like fully funded and I'm okay with it, then I put it in another, I put my savings into like another account and that I'm using to like try to um, get, you know, save money for going back to school. So those are like my savings plans right now. Um, when I had to move, I will, I will say, I'm going to jinx myself by saying this, but every time my emergency fund is fully funded, it gets depleted yes. as soon as it gets funded. Yep. And yeah, it's annoying, <laughs> but also it is so good. It is such a relief because you know that 
there is money and you don't have to struggle as much if you were living paycheck to paycheck or if Mm -hmm. you were using up all if you were just using all up all your money and you weren't budgeting and you weren't saving so because I in 2020 I used up my emergency fund twice in one year Mm -hmm. like I used it up I funded it used it up funded it again and used it up again (laughs) like and it was and it, it was annoying at the time and I was just like why do I have to dip into this but it was a lifesaver because I was because I was pulling money from my emergency fund I was still able to pay my bills and do the things that I needed to do and still have some sort of buffer so I would highly suggest even if it's like a hundred dollars have that as a starting point or like 50 Mm -hmm. bucks having some sort of money put put away is is really really good i would say if you're doing your budget and you're trying to start a savings plan you're just like what am i saving for saving for start an emergency fund because you never know there's a statistic out there somewhere in the ether on the internet that says that like a very small percentage of Americans actually have like an additional like thousand dollars if something at least if Mm -hmm. something was to happen Mm -hmm. I think it's like less than 20% or something like that it's very scary yeah it's very true and and so and I understand that and like we've we've come back time and time again back to this you know during this conversation that, you know, not everyone is able to, you know, make enough money to have a large emergency savings fund. But even if it's like a hundred dollars, because you can, what if you, you know, what if your pet gets sick? What if you get sick or, you know, and car breaks down and yeah, you the car- make sure you're getting to work. Yeah. You lose a job if you're not to work on time. And yeah. No public transit and nobody to give you a ride. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to get your car repaired or buy a new car. Like, that's the stuff that we're talking about. Yeah. Or, in my, in my case, my freaking e-fund gets obliterated every time we have to move. Because Same, you had yeah. to pay deposits. You got to maybe buy new furniture. You got to pay for moving services. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. It, it, it just, it wipes it out. But having that money there is amazing. And it's really, um, once you get into the rhythm of, of um, putting money away t- towards your e-fund or emergency fund, mm-hmm. it's it's very easy and you, you won't miss that money. I think that's, that's what people say. You don't miss the money. Um, that's also what people say or kind of what people mean when they say pay yourself first. You got to cover your own stuff first. Mm-hmm. Before, before you... Um, you know, spend on other people or before you say, oh, I'm gonna, um, you know, buy this new thing or whatever, make sure your your own situation is covered. Mm-hmm. Make sure you got your bills paid and make sure you got, you know, if you can, of course, um, you've got some money um, to stash away in your e-fund. Um, yeah, and I forgot what I was gonna say, but I think, you know, one of the other points I was gonna make was it, it doesn't have to be 
in another bank or anything like that. I think that's just something weird that Celeste and I both share that yeah. we both happen <laughs> to send our money away. Um, it, you know, obviously it can, it can stay in a different account, but the, the main thing is to, you absolutely need to separate it from what you currently have in your checking account. Yeah. I think it's really important to put it somewhere else. It can be in the same, you know, most, I think most bank checking accounts, general accounts come with a savings account mm -hmm. um, with like, you know, no strings. Um, even if you just put it in there, just have it separate because you, you have to, you want to just always have that balance in there if you can afford to. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, you know, saying, oh, I'm just going to leave a thousand dollars in my checking account every month. That, that is, it's just not going to happen that way. You have to be a little disciplined in that sense and, and make sure that you're one, make sure that you're, you're seeing your money move and get placed in that other bucket and two, you know, being able to keep track of it a lot simpler that way. And, mm -hmm. you know, like Celeste says, three months is what a lot of people will say to shoot for three, six months of expenses. Um, you know, literally after you count up how much your bills and groceries and stuff like general stuff, just like everything you need to be good. Mm -hmm. None of that extra stuff. After all that, multiply that by, you know, three months, six months or something. That's your, your number you should be shooting for if you can. Um, but another, um, I think like a pre milestone to shoot for before that, even uh, a lot of people will say, just try to get 500 to a thousand dollars in there. And that will cover things like, you know, if your tire blows out and you got to buy a new set of tires, that's, I mean, that's, that's a thousand dollars right there in some cases or, or, you know, like Celeste said, your pet gets sick. A lot of people don't have pet insurance and going to the vet is not cheap. Mm -hmm. It's not cheap. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I think that that's, uh, all I wanted to say on that. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I had something else. To oh, I also will say that um, we are not perfect at this budgeting and no. savings every month. Absolutely not. It is, there are some months where I don't save anything because I just wanted to blow all my money. Yeah. And, and that's fine because it's my money. And also, like, I have the resources to do that. Like, I would... And, you know, there are some months where I'm very strict about it and I'm like, yes, like... I didn't really want to buy anything or nothing, you know, I didn't have the miscellaneous month or whatever. And so everything went into savings or there, um, I, when I moved in September, when did I move? I moved in November Yeah. and I had to pay two rents because mm -hmm. I had to leave my old space because my neighbors were not great. And I was still on the hook for rent until I could find someone to take over the lease. So for three months, yep. I had to pay two rents. And I had my emergency fund, so I was able to do that. But I couldn't, I also couldn't save any money because I was paying two rents, you know? Like, and I couldn't um, save, like, so I lost, I lost out three, on three months of savings in, so there are times when, you know, you have to just, you know, you have to rework your budget. I rework my budgets um, and go over them like once a month or at least twice a month okay. just to like see like, oh, I'm on track with like paying this off or um, 
maybe I got a little bit extra cash, you know, especially with the stimulus and stuff like that, stimulus checks. Um, sometimes I get a refund from school because of the grants and stuff like that that I get. Um, or I know this month I'm supposed to be getting like my, oh, what's it called? My rent thing back, my deposit back from my old place. So like, you know, you rework your budgets and be like, okay, like this money, maybe there was something that like I wanted to buy or something and I can be like, okay, I'll pay for it with this. And then the rest of the money I'll like put into the savings account or whatever. And, and every, it takes time. I will say it takes time for us for, it took time for me to get to this point where I am right now, where I'm a lot more comfortable with my budget and I'm more comfortable with my money. But like, if you were talking to me like three, four years ago, <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, Lord. Ah. No. like I've had some, like, I think I, I talked yeah. about this before on our last like episode about finance, you know, I was making some blunders, even though I was, I was making more money than I had been three, four years ago. And I was still making a lot of money blunders. Like I was not saving at all. I wasn't doing any of this stuff. And it was just like, Mm-hmm. I had to really, I came, I've come a very long way and I'm extremely proud Same. of myself and I'm, I think it's great that, you know, I, I'm now able to like talk about my experience and stuff like that, but start small and give yourself a lot of grace because especially if you, you know, this is new to you and you're just like, dang, like, I don't even know. Like, you're trying to figure it out, and it's just like, oh, it's too much, it's emotional, it's hard, but, you know, give yourself, a, you know, grace, and just, con- like, work on it little by little, and before you know it, you're gonna be like, oh, this is nothing, like, it's exactly. really not that big of a deal, yeah. And and that is exactly, I was just about to make a similar point. Um, If you, I, I would say this, if you've been considering trying to buckle down and, and get a hold of your finances lately now is a great time to start it doesn't matter your current your current work situation your current income situation now is just a really good time to start mm-hmm. because for most people we're still in quarantine we're still not doing things at the same level as we used to it's a great time to wrangle in your spending and stuff so that when things do open up and your situation does improve and you're you know maybe you're able to travel more or you're able to um you know go out to restaurants and stuff again and enjoy yourself and you know you want to have extra money for that you already have the discipline mm-hmm. and it's it, it it'll be so easy to say oh well I wasn't even spending money on takeout before but or you know I wasn't spending money on on restaurants and, and drinks at the bar and stuff before but now it's like I have the choice so mm-hmm. I think now it's, you know, if you, I guess, progress through over the next few months, you'll have that discipline there. We can say, oh, yeah, I really don't need to go out every weekend or, oh, yeah, I'll go out every weekend, but I'm not going to spend like I used to or, you know, I'm not going to, uh, I'll pregame, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's what a, an example a lot of people use just to save money at the bar. It's like, mm-hmm. don't go to the bar and, and buy all your drinks there. Buy, mm-hmm. you know, get your drinks in you before you even leave. <laughs> So yeah. obviously if you have uh, responsibly travel yeah, yeah if you have if you have your uh travel or transit prearranged of course um but you know stuff like that you'll be able to make those sort of money um and cost cutting decisions a lot easier if you start now while things are still relatively slow and options are kind of like limited 
So that's just mm-hmm. my thought on it. And um, I think, you know, just over the past year, I've just really been able to um, cut through a lot of the crap that I used to do, like just spending just because I had it and impulse buying. I don't even, I, I'll keep stuff in my Amazon cart for like months now. Cause mm-hmm. I just, I just don't, I just don't have that same um, need or want to just buy stuff as soon as I see it just because I got the money. Like, I don't mm-hmm. even bother with that stuff anymore. And I think it's just really just came from a place of a necessity with not knowing how my job and, and my partner's mm-hmm. job would work out in, uh, during, um, you know, the height of COVID. And also just because it's, you know, you don't really have much else to do. I don't have a, you know, I didn't have my same travel fun like I used to have because we weren't traveling so Mm -hmm. yeah um again I think it's just a really good time to start while things are still pretty slow and you don't have too many um outside obligations to distract you if you so I I got I got one question then we'll go to our last one and wrap up um if you can can you give our audience three of some of your favorite budgeting tips or tricks or just, I guess, maybe three things, um, three, three of your own secrets. <laughs> I don't even know. They might not be secrets. But... <laughs> um, what do I have? I don't three know. pieces of advice, I guess. Mm, okay. Okay, well, I guess my first one is, um... This is more related to, like, the credit thing, but, mm-hmm. um, one thing that helped, um, I started putting, like, small, um, I, I talked about this, but I started putting small, um, reoccurring charges on my credit card instead of yeah. putting them on my saving on my, um, regular, um, cash account, like, checking account because um it helps it like you talked about before it helps your credit when you have like a reoccurring charge you don't have to always think about um um specifically using your credit card so that your credit your score can go up because that's how I got my score up um what else uh making it hard for you to take large sums of money out so that's why I have two separate um accounts well I have more than two accounts but (laughs) I have um my main savings account is not with my main checking account Mm -hmm. um because I have to so if I want to like spend money on something I yeah. have to wait like the two days for it to transfer between accounts. Yep. And I'm yep. like, do I really want to wait the two days? And th- that curbs a lot of like, that curbed a lot of the, um, the impulse buying mm-hmm. because a large sum of my money wasn't in my right next to, it's not um, immediately available. Yeah. It's not immediately available. Yeah. So um, I guess that's two, three, huh, I don't know. I guess, uh, 
I definitely put her on the spot with this one. I wasn't yeah. trying to, but I, I figured <laughs> no, you would have a, at least a few things for people to consider. I will say, um, figure out what you can live with and what you can live without. I, when I started my budget and especially when I started living alone I was like oh shit costs a lot <laughs> like <laughs> bills cost a yeah. lot like because I was had been like ha- I had roommates um when I was living in apartments outside of dorms so I was like you know everything was split so it was a little bit cheaper yeah. than when you're on your own because once you're on your own you know Oof. it's just you it's a and one income household like Oh my gosh. Hits you like a truck. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. said it hits you like a truck, yeah. <laughs> I just had a flashback <laughs> to my first rent payment. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. So um so figure yeah, figure out what you're willing to pay for. But so I was like, okay, well, you know, when I look for apartments, I'm like, okay, this is how much I'm willing to pay. Mm-hmm. And like what are like stuff included and whatever. But, like, the biggest thing I have that, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but my parents know this, and they make fun of me for it all the time, is that I don't really use my heating and cooling system because it's the one um, thing in your apartment or in your living situation place that takes up the most electricity and if you pay for electricity and it's not included in your rent that is most likely the one of your highest bills Mm -hmm. and because I don't use the heating and cooling system like very often like I mostly use it in the winter but even then it's like it's not very often um, my bill on average is, um, $50 a month. That's really good. Yeah. yeah. So, and my parents think I'm crazy because they're, but also their bill is like almost $200 a month. So I'm like, yeah, yeah see, I don't pay that. <laughs> like, but those are things that I'm willing to forego because I want to save as much as possible. And I don't mm-hmm. believe that that's the expense that I'm, I, I, I want to pay. So yeah, that is, you know, know what you're, um, willing to, my dad, my dad calls it sacrifice, but I hate that word because Hmm. I don't know. Sacrifice sounds like sacrifice is such a bad thing. And I'm just like, it's not a sacrifice to me. Like, it's just, a okay. Like this is what I'm doing and I'm okay with Mm -hmm. that. Like, I don't know. Like I'm not, I don't know. But yeah, so, but yeah, those, I guess that's like my third thing. Like, just know what you're willing to, what you're willing to, um, what's worth it to you in your budget. Yes. And, you know, what is a priority to you and and what's not. Yeah, Yeah, I think those, those are great. Um, and I think I'll kind of piggyback off your last one, um, with knowing what you're willing to, you know. I guess, change up or something. Um, I would say be open to experiment with alternatives. And by Mm -hmm. that, I mean the the easiest um, 
example I can give is like coffee. I, there's a lot of people who just say, hey, look, I can't live without my Starbucks. I love my Starbucks. Okay, but if it's costing you $5 a day to get your cup in, in the morning on the way to work, what might it cost you to just buy Starbucks coffee and make it at home with your own ingredients? That way you can you have total control over how it looks, what it tastes like, how much extra whipped cream or mm-hmm. you know sweetener or whatever you put into it, and you're still saving money. So I think, you know, I, I'm noticing a lot more people becoming a lot more comfortable with making their, you know, um, they call it like kind of like specialty coffee drinks at home mm-hmm. Be- because you realize very quickly that the savings add up, right? If you're spending 25 to $30 a week on, on these cups that you're, you're just going through in the morning just to get by because you need that sugar rush and that caffeine rush, but you can make it at home and it'll cost 25 to $30 a month instead, that's a lot of money you're able to put away. And again, you know, you get full control over the product, right? Mm-hmm. If you are like, oh, I can't afford a venti. I always get, you know, I don't even know what the damn size is because I just don't buy yeah. Starbucks coffee. What's the middle one? The uh, grande. Grande? Yeah, mm-hmm. grande. Yeah, it's like if you're if you're only buying the medium size because the big sizes, you know, just cost too much, you know, you could probably do it at home and make a big size every day if that's what you want to do. Um, so, yeah, you know, if you want to do that, easiest thing to do look up look up how to do one on youtube look up you know copycat recipe same same with fast food you know if you're going to uh i don't know chick-fil-a every week because you really like their grilled chicken club sandwich or something try to make it at home just just experiment with it because if if anything even if it doesn't turn out okay of course you can always go back to what you know but if it does work out well then you can definitely save some money and also have a lot of fun um you know, figuring out those, those interesting ways to, to save money on that type of stuff. Um, and I think another example too, would be like kids entertainment. Um, I think, and I think this is like very clear in quarantine where, you know, you're, you're stuck at home with your kids and they're like, I got to do something. I got to do something. You got, I'm, I'm sure most parents have had to come up with a lot of new ways to keep their kids entertained, mm-hmm. if, you know, apart from just popping them in front of a screen. Um, you know, so you're building stuff with them, you're playing outside with them and stuff like that. That those are also cost saving ways. And I, I encourage you to continue that if it's working for you and your kids are happy about it. Um, second thing I would say is specifically grocery shopping. It's okay to shop at multiple stores to get what you want. If that means you're going to save money and there, there's a convenience factor, of course, where it's like, yeah, I can get everything I want at one store. But if that one store is Whole Foods and you go there just because they have your favorite quinoa or something, then maybe you should just go to Whole Foods for quinoa and get everything else at a store that has lower costs, right? If you can, right? Mm-hmm. And then, on you know, on the other side of things, um, if you're finding, you know, let's say you shop at Walmart exclusively, right? But you're like, oh my gosh, I hate this. Uh, you know, I don't know, let's use coffee again. Let's say I, I hate the quality of coffee at Starbucks, uh, at Walmart. I want some higher quality coffee. Okay. Maybe you get your coffee from somewhere else, but you continue shopping at Walmart because they have the best prices and for the majority of what you get. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, I think that's just a way to, I guess, make sure that you're, you're happy and satisfied with the groceries that you buy. Because I think if you were like, oh, I shop at Whole Foods or I shop at this other high-end store, you know, maybe like Trader Joe's or something because they have my favorite such and whatever, but you're still spending a bunch of 
money on other things that you can get elsewhere, you're not going to be happy because you're spending too much money there. But if you can split it up and say, well, I'm saving 50 bucks by going to this other store. Maybe you go to Aldi or you go to a discount store or something. I mean, even Dollar Tree has some really good grocery items for a dollar, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're splitting it up and you're saving those those um, pricey trips for those those particular items that you're just really fond about then do that if it, if it's if you have the time and the means to do so do that because it's going to save you in the long run it's going to make you stay excited about um you know buying those quality items that you really enjoy and it's going to also make you excited because you're spending you're saving money in the long run um it's, i don't know it's kind of a weird <laughs> a weird one but i would just say you know along with experimenting with different products experiment with your grocery shopping don't just stick to one store just because that's where you've always shopped. Try to mix it up and, and see where you can cut, you know, cut costs um, there. And um, I guess I'm trying to think of a third one. Dang, I should have been more prepared on this one. This is my own <laughs> this question. Is your question. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. This is my um, other thing. And this will be a good way to follow up with an episode soon about credit cards um if you're starting to gear up and starting to plan trips for you know later this year into next year and you don't already do this really try to look into um what they call travel hacking or credit card hacking um and again we'll we'll do an episode really soon where we talk about this in detail but the short of it is you do not need to pay full price for pretty much anything that you do while you travel. You just don't have to. So where you have people saying, oh, you're going to fly all the way to Japan. That costs $1,500. It, it shouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. If you're smart about it, if you know you want to go to Japan, you just, you know, you have some time to plan or something. You can absolutely save money in every corner of your spending on your trip. Um, so what I would say is, if you're really excited about travel or you're really excited about taking trips, even if it's domestic, you know, even if you're just going to the next state over or something, look into travel hacking because you can save money on hotels. You can save money on flights, car rentals, uh, food experiences, all that stuff. Like it's, there's no reason why a $5,000 trip should cost 5,000. You know, if you can save a thousand bucks, you can do that. Um, and I think it's really, you know, if you're if you're kind of nerdy like me and you like researching that kind of stuff, you can go really deep in the weeds on that and find some really interesting stuff that's going to save you a lot of money. And it and it's stuff that you can repeat every single trip. You can always save money on a rental car by doing certain tricks. You can always save money on hotels by doing certain things and, and so on. So, uh, my last tip for budgeting and saving would be take some time if you if you're you know a traveler or something. Take some time. Uh, even if you're just traveling to, you know, you say you visit your parents once a year or something, just take some time to do some research and look up different ways to cut costs. You don't have to pay what's given on the screen. You can always find a way to um, make the total cost less. So, mm-hmm. yeah, those are those are my tips, too. So, yeah, those are some good <laughs> tips. I hope some of you guys learned some things. I learned some things, too. Um <laughs> I guess, okay, so our last question is what, to kind of wrap it up, what are yeah the, like, minimum 
accounts that everyone should have at least i honestly for budgeting and saving yeah checking and savings for sure oh i mean for just for budgeting and and yeah for budgeting and savings yeah um checking account savings account at Mm -hmm. least if you have a job you probably already have a checking account hopefully yeah if you don't, I know there's certain stipulations, like, if you're, um, uh, what is it called? Like, if you just got out of jail, or maybe if something happens, like, sometimes, like, certain people, like, if you, um, if you do sex work, sometimes you can't get a bank account. Um, but, so I know that, I don't know too much about that, so I would say do your own mm-hmm. research to make sure you know, like, how... You can get a bank account. Um, but for people who have, um, you know, regular schmegular jobs, um, have at least a checking account. Um, sometimes it comes with a savings account. Um, depending on the bank, sometimes you need at least like a minimum of, a minimum of $25 um, to, to put in that yeah. savings account. So... There is that. Um, those are the two minimum. I know Amber and I talked about we also have like different banks. <laughs> that is mm-hmm. like a little bit more. I don't want to say that's sophisticated, but well, that's like a little bit like intermediate. I personally have a big bank and then I have a credit union. Yeah. Um, really having a credit union is a really good idea because credit unions give you better rates for loans absolutely Um, we're talking like car loans mm -hmm. um, house loans as well yeah 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 yeah. personal loans a lot Mm yeah a lot of people will recommend opening an account with a credit union before you buy a car because they'll they'll tend to one they'll tend to walk you through things a lot easier because they just have the time and the ability to do so Mm -hmm. credit unions are very um intimate because they're typically local um and yeah of course they they can get you better rates than a big bank or you know if you're trying to get credit through the dealership or something like that you definitely can get better deals typically yeah so yeah credit unions are really good yeah (laughs) and and of course they have like regular checking and savings accounts that you can open with them yeah so that's what i have and then i have like brokerage accounts and all that other stuff so that's Mm -hmm. separate episodes future episodes but um yeah the but checking and savings are like the two minimum i think if you have those two things getting um having a credit union and opening account a checking and savings there as well is a a a next a good next step to that Mm -hmm. um after that you could also another option is to get um an online only account. There's Ally is the a yeah, really popular one. Um, those are accounts where they don't have any brick or brick and mortar store um, buildings or stores, and it's just completely online only. There's no usually there's no card attached to it either, and um, it's just an account with your Seriously, money inside of it. Money management in the account. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and a lot of people have that so that they can't like pull money out of it. It takes like, I think it takes even longer between like regular banks to like pull them. I think it takes, 
like five to seven days or something like that to transfer so, money. Yeah, to sometimes. Card. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it depends, but but there's no card attached to it. Also, which is a lot of people's thing, so you can't just be like swiping the money. You have to transfer it out to spend it. Yeah. So that's another good way. Like if you um. If you are, you know, trying to curb your spending, that is something that you can do. So yes, yeah. So yeah. Other other than that, I think that's. Um, that's all I have for this segment, to be totally honest. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I do want to tack on a couple more things, mm-hmm. though. Um, as far as budgeting apps, because we might get some questions on that, especially since I am lazy and I know there's other people who are lazy and want to be lazy. Yeah. Um, some apps and websites that I recommend... Uh, household name definitely mint.com m-i-n-t we'll try to link these in the show notes i think mm-hmm. um mint.com they are owned by intuit the tax service so it's a big it's a big brand big company um but with that you get um i think added security and kind of peace of mind because um you know the pros are kind of managing this this program so they do um that thing that celeste mentioned where they track your spending so if you decide to link your um, checking account um, and, mm-hmm. and some of your other accounts, maybe your credit card accounts and stuff, they can, when they see a charge go through, um, they're able to grab the data on that charge and post it for you um, centrally in Mint. So it, it kind of in a way uh, allows you to just look at Mint to, mm-hmm. to do most of your money management. But I still would encourage you to obviously pay attention to what's going on in your individual accounts but that's just like a good way um or i guess a good program that does that and with that they offer tools like budgeting tools and um, help articles and just just like you know a lot of information and resources uh to be better with your money um you know they can track things like your car payments and your mortgage and and other things like that too and so i i don't personally use mint anymore i actually use um, a program called Personal Capital, which we'll also try to link in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's set up very similarly, but I like that they show you your running net worth. And that to me, um, it's crazy because if you don't have a positive net worth, they will definitely say, okay, you're negative, girl. Like, <laughs> they will definitely say, you, you know, you owe more money than you currently have available. So, but I like, um, again, they offer similar services, uh, resources. Um, budgeting help and they track your they track your spending if you want them to Um, but they also show things in a breakdown so they'll show your income accounts versus your credit accounts versus your loan account so student loans car loans things like that they'll show your mortgage um, investment accounts all that stuff will get linked and, and categorized for you so you can see okay well I owe you know 28,000 in student loans but I you know, I have $50,000 saved. So my net worth is, what is that like? Oh, math is hard. Uh, <laughs> whatever that is, 50 minus 28. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, why do I not know that? 32, yes. Yeah, so so they would show, you know, mm-hmm. show, that's not 32, is it? Oh my God, know. it's not 32. I don't remember the numbers. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> that's so embarrassing. Okay, we're going to forget that I don't know what 50 <laughs> minus 28 is. But again, I'm lazy, so math is hard. Whatever. Um, but anyways, they, they offer that. And one other 
app that I would recommend is called Every Dollar. And that's actually um, owned by a company called Ramsey Solutions. Last name being Ramsey, first name being Dave. Dave Ramsey mm. is a personal finance um, hothead. He is known very well in the personal finance community. Um, but I would say take everything he says with a grain of salt because mm-hmm. he tends to be, he's a very old school dude. And so his advice tends to be kind of outdated, especially about things like credit um, and renting versus buying. So what I would say, either way, his app is great. Every dollar is great. You can use it for free or a premium version. The free app does everything you want it to do for basic budgeting. Um, it's, a, it's a lot more simplistic and, and, in my opinion, easier to use because it's just very um, bare bones, but it looks nice. So, uh, But yeah, if you wanted to look into more information um, about Dave Ramsey, he's got a very popular YouTube channel um, because he has a radio show that he they post videos of his radio show. Um, and he also has some websites and books and things like that. Yeah. But again, take what he says with a grain of salt because he is not a modern personal finance guy. He's no. old school. He's done everything the same from what I understand since like the 80s. So, mm-hmm. um, but his fundamentals and his overall, you know, mindset of, you know, you got to escape debt and to be free. That, that I think is very, very true. So again, um, we'll, we'll link some of these details in the show notes. Uh, but yeah, that's all I had on, on that um, subject there. I'm not linking Dave Ramsey, but <laughs> y'all can go research him. <laughs> um, yeah, he's Google kind of, I mean, honestly, free. he's kind of a dick, but he is a whole... He tends to be very... Um, he's an ass. He, people will call into his show all the time and ask for information and, and ask for um, help. And he tends to bypass their current situation. And it, he has the same canned response for anyone that's that's in bad debt. It's, you got to live off of rice and beans. You got to stop spending all this extra stuff. And you got to get out of debt, blah, blah, blah. I totally agree. Yes, it's important to get out of debt. But you shouldn't, you shouldn't um, deplete your quality of life even further just to yeah. pay off things a couple years earlier. And also, I, I yeah... It's a case, not all... Now we're on a Dave Ramsey rant. I know, <laughs> because also, like, not all debt is bad. And and there yeah. has to... Everyone's situation is different. That's why, like, you have to... When someone... When, when you ask someone for advice, you need to, like, make... It has to be a one-on-one situation, especially when it comes mm-hmm. to money. Because your money is different than someone else's money. There are a lot of general rules like we're talking about with like budgeting and saving savings that make sense. But like there, everyone's financial situation is different because literally every human is different and not, yeah. it's not going to always be the same. That's why I don't like Dave Ramsey. Also Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman, they're Ugh. the way that yeah. they, I hated the Susie Orman show when I was growing up and my parents just loved her. And because why are you constantly yelling at people? I don't like the yelling financial bullshit. Like, don't be yelling at me. 
because I will break. Right, don't you. don't embarrass people further. They already realize they're in a bad situation. That's why they're calling you for help. So yeah, and you're just and and it is and it's yeah. for TV. It's for you know because it's what because that's what the people want. They want to see other people be embarrassed. Like and it's gross yeah, it and makes disgusting. Themselves feel better, but yeah, but I spinning that into people that I actually like to listen to about finances and stuff. Um, currently my favorite, so when I started doing finance stuff, I mostly listened to podcasts because I love a good podcast and also like reading finance books. I'm like, so I, that's not the, that's not the genre that I like to read. So I was just like, I was just listening to podcasts The um, the ones that I will list them below is I'll link them below, um, as well, but, um, Stacking Benjamins is a really good one, um, Brown Ambition, they're two black women talking about money, love Mandy, love Tiffany, Tiffany, the budgetista, she's amazing, awesome, great, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. she is, like, the person that I learned about, like, who taught me credit (laughs) and, like, money stuff, and so I love her, I love them, they have a great podcast, um, who else? I think Her Money Matters is, an, is the other one. Oh, Paula Pant is another one. Oh, love Paula Pant. She's great. She's fun. Um, who else? Uh, I can't think of the other ones, but I will put them in the show notes. And, um, I would say, I would highly recommend you guys check them out. Um, some of, so stacking benjamins i don't listen to a ton anymore it's because it's like a bunch of white people (laughs) and like as much as i as much as like some of their information was like really good sometimes like the jargon gets too much to me and i'm just like "Eh, this is too not relatable like i don't care about this kind of finance stuff but i high brown ambition is the one that i listen to the most i listen to them pretty much like every week and they're great. So I highly recommend that. And all the other ones I list, like, I do recommend as well. But, yeah, those are people that I list. They are nice. They are kind people. They are not <laughs> yelling at you about your money. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, they want you to do well. They want you to succeed. They're understanding. They answer questions, you know. They're nurturing, they're kind, you know, all of the things that Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman are not. Yes, no, I agree. I only reason, again, the only reason I mentioned Dave Ramsey is because his app is really good. It's Mm -hmm. it's very good. And it's, there's no, you can't see any real affiliation to Dave in the app. There's, I think, a a link or two um, to some of his other products, Mm -hmm. but that's about it. The the app itself is very very basic and very user-friendly yeah. um, because his audience is a lot of people who just really um, have never gotten a grip on their financial uh, financials and they need to start from level zero. So yeah. Um, yeah. With that being said that, uh, yeah, I think, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Yeah. Um, we'll just... But yeah. Celeste, what's got you hot? <laughs> what's got me hot? Dang. Got Actually, hot? don't even oh, Besides Dave Ramsey. Cause Oh, LOL. <laughs> I was not um, ready for that. <laughs> I guess what's got me hot is that I have three more weeks and I'm done with this there you go. major. I I feel like 
I don't know what happened at the end of March, but my brain is just like, yeah, we can't do this no more. <laughs> I'm just like, but I have just like a few more things to do. And then my brain is just like, no, no, <laughs> like, no. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> and I'm just like, but I just, I got, I'm trying to upkeep my grades. Like I'm trying to, you know, push my GPA up. Like I just need, you know, my brain's just like, mm-mm. I'm just like. So yeah, I am. I have three more weeks. I'm really excited. Um, yeah, I still haven't great gotten my grade back. Up, um, on my drawing, I'm probably gonna see it tomorrow. But I hope. But yeah, so that'll be fun. Um, yeah, I don't really. You know, you know. I don't know. I'm not like mad about anything really or anything that i would like say on the podcast i mean it's a little honest but yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's really it <laughs> what's got you hot Amber? <laughs> okay i got a positive one because i'm in a good mood i'm trying to stay in a good mood nice. um <laughs> this was something i was talking to celeste about earlier but i just stumbled across this lovely little show on hulu called caribbean life and now i want to move to the caribbean so thanks hgtv for <laughs> implanting that in my brain no it it you know apart from the show um well i i would say i went in i went to watch the show because i was just browsing around hulu i was just looking for something quick to watch for a little bit uh kill some time and i was like all right i'll bite because i used to watch house hunters i don't really watch that stuff anymore i don't have cable but um you know i used to watch house hunters and stuff and i've always been interested in real estate of course um but i came across that show and it's like house hunters, but better because they actually focus on the area more than house hunters and some of those other shows. The how you know with house hunters, they obviously they focus on the property. Yeah, they'll say, okay, we're in Austin, Texas, and that's about the extent that you get. Maybe they talk about which section of the city they're in, but in the show Caribbean Life, it's a similar format where they take people to see a handful of houses and you know obviously it's kind of scripted because I think from my understanding is they've already bought the house and they just kind of tour a few other properties that um Mm. you know are are similar in their price range or whatever so it's you know it's kind of scripted in that way but it really doesn't come off that way um but they do a really good job of showing how things are on the island they interview locals they pop in all these little pieces of trivia um and apart from that i've learned that there's so many other islands in the caribbean if you if i think if a lot of americans think of the caribbean they think of jamaica they think of the bahamas they think of puerto rico dr haiti cuba and maybe a few others but i had no idea that there were so many other small vibrant culturally sophisticated islands um, down there and it's just really fascinating to me and so I'm really excited to nerd out and start researching all these other little islands because um, I think they just have a lot to offer apart from the beautiful weather and beautiful people and the beaches and stuff there's there's a lot of culture down there um, and, and a lot of uh, you know really good quality of life for a lot of people on the island obviously uh, not everyone is in an amazing situation down there but it has really helped me um, get a better sense of how people live down there and not just 
this, you know, stigmatized stuff that you see on the news where, you know, you look at like Haiti where there's a lot of like underserved communities and in Haiti and a lot of disadvantaged people and stuff like that. You can, they, you know, obviously the, the TV show from HGTV is not going to show that stuff, but I think they, they do a really good job of not just focusing on those, those communities or those, um, nations that are always in the news they they really take some time to um, put a spotlight on those smaller nations um in smaller territories that that are you know have a lot to offer as well mm -hmm. so yeah I'm, re I'm really excited about it um and yeah looking forward to uh being able to name every single little island in the caribbean soon because i love geography oh, that's <laughs> so funny that's so interesting yeah, i guess because i don't know i guess because i am like black caribbean like it's so interesting mm -hmm. to me like that a lot of people don't know like there are so many different islands yeah. in the caribbean so yeah yeah it's that's it's not just the ones off the coast of florida um they yeah. even go down to aruba curacao they go a little bit west towards um honduras there's some islands north of honduras that are um really popular uh and you know around Panama and stuff like that so it's really um really exciting and I, I'm really um really excited to learn more uh, about the Caribbean yeah that's cool yeah <laughs> I love it yep well yeah I think uh I think that wraps it up for us today um so as always this was the slight sarcasm podcast I'm Amber I'm Celeste as always, we want to thank you all for listening, and we encourage you to take a look at our social media, which will be linked in the show notes, along with some other um, things that we talked about in the show today. Um, and you can also email us with questions or suggestions at the slight sarcasm podcast at gmail.com. So yeah, thanks again, and we hope you'll join us in the next episode.